0: Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everybody, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. I have the honor of being your host again this week. My name is Susan Vanden and If you are newer here, uh, I just want to say welcome and uh, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. It's really such an honor for you to be here. I know that um, if you've been around for any length of time following me here, you have heard me say countless times, it almost maybe sounds redundant, that I'm just grateful. I feel so honored that you tune in. And I just really mean that Uh, we have so many things that we could tune into and listen and yet here you are. And so thank you. Thank you so much. I am currently, if you're unaware, uh, currently in a series that I titled Kingdom Women. uh, And I just would encourage you to maybe go back a few episodes where I introduced this series and just the heartbeat behind it in that we are as women, you know, we're, we're called to be kingdom minded women on the earth. And even though we live in the world, we are not of the world and so being a kingdom woman is just really just letting go of any alliances any agreement that we have in the world system in the world's way of doing things and fully aligning ourselves with first and foremost who God is and all of who he says he is, and then aligning ourselves with the truth of who we are in him. All right, so that was kind of a mouthful, but in this topic, we are going to begin talking about kingdom women impacting the world around them. This is going to be Just a fabulous episode. This conversation uh, is just going to be so good. I really believe that you are going to resonate with a few things and possibly want to take some notes or, you know, maybe even hit that rewind 30 seconds or maybe listen to it all over again because it's just going to be that impactful. To you and for your life. So I brought a guest back to the show. She's a returning uh, guest to the She Connects podcast. She's an amazing woman that I actually met online and um, just been so blessed by her uh, friendship and investment in my own life. And so I know that you are going to um, just really walk away with some truth nuggets after listening to my guest today. And so with that, welcome back to the show Melissa Mashburn why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are joining us from
1: (laughs) well thank you so much Susan I am honored and thrilled to be back I I love she connects uh, but more importantly I love you and what you're doing and what God is doing in your life so thank you for having me back I am honored I am actually coming to you from Bardstown Kentucky Uh, which is really funny to say, because three months ago, I would have said Orlando, Florida. Uh, So God has definitely done a move since the last time we did this uh, podcast. Uh, And uh, I help women uh, find practical solutions for growth. So I'm a ministry coach and consultant, and I take the 18 plus years of ministry experience that I have, and just come alongside women specializing in leadership, professional ministry. Transitions is a big thing, right? now a lot of people are in transition so i'm doing a lot of transitional work with people uh, and some church consulting so i also get the honor and privilege of leading uh the private facebook group called ministry chick for women in ministry all over the world and i absolutely love that's actually where we met i absolutely love uh that community and love the opportunity to come alongside other women that are just really trying to do the best that they can and learn and grow as they serve the kingdom ah all of that. You are going to want to connect
0: with her and follow along with her on the socials, check out just her uh, life coaching um, things that she has to offer. I personally have been a benefactor of spending some time with her. And let me tell you, um, this girl can ask the right questions at the right time to help you become unstuck. If you feel a little stuck in just, you know, going forward in the things that God has called you to do, definitely check her out. She's amazing. Uh, So today we are going to talk about something that I think that for some of us, it might be a a new topic, something maybe that is unfamiliar to some of you. And then others, you will know right away what I'm talking about. Uh, We are going to talk about clothing our gifts and what God has called us to do in humility. And, uh, you know, for any listeners that maybe are new to that term, Melissa, can you just kind of give just an overview and explain what that is
1: and maybe share an example of what that might sound like? Yeah, for sure. This is what's so funny about this question is actually a new term to me, believe it or not, even after all my ministry experience. But I think if I could explain it in a way that makes sense, even to me, it would be hiding our gifts under the guise of humility. But in essence, it's really hiding and shrinking back from who God created us to be and the gifts that he's given us. For example, God gave me a leadership gift, but it can be clothing my gifts if I'm in an environment where I can and should lead, but shrink back and let others lead because I don't want to be seen as bossy or too strong, assertive or controlling, even when I could really make a difference in what's going on around me. Choosing to be unseen or not using my gift is really not humble at all. Did, Did that make sense? It did. It did make sense. And I feel like,
0: wow. Okay. So there we go. Um, Thank you for tuning in that is going to carry you a long ways. (laughs) That was so good. So good. Just, I think that, you know, women listening definitely can resonate with the term shrinking back Mm -hmm. and, you know, being somehow apologetic. We all understand that. And we've probably maybe even seen that in our own lives in different, you know, seasons, different situations. I know for me, this topic really hits home uh, for me and shrinking back, uh, you know, there's, if we can trace that back, you know, when we feel ourselves, when we can sense ourselves shrinking back, first of all, I think that we are, we're aware that we're doing it. You know, we're not speaking up or sharing our perspective, or we're not lending ourselves, you know, the way that, that God has called us to for reasons that you just so Um, wonderfully explained, but, you know, to be able to come to this place of being aware, I recognize that I'm doing this. Let me trace this back. You know, Mm. was there something that was said in the board meeting or, you know, a comment or something that I read or whatever, to be able to address it from that angle? Would you agree with that?
1: Totally. And I think even as women, the beauty of womens we can sometimes just, we're very feeling by nature. And sometimes we can, I like to call it read a room. And so we can get that temperature pretty quickly if it's going to be welcome even. So shrinking back is a, a very natural way to protect yourself in an environment where maybe you don't feel like you can be yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that is so good.
0: Well, we know that God wants us to be confident. Uh, You know, there's scripture that actually supports that that God created us, designed for us to live confidently in the world and, you know, live confidently, lead ourselves in a confident way in, you know, the gifts that he's given to us and in the truth of who we are in him. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the difference between clothing our gifts and leadership skills in humility and holy confidence, because those are two different things two different things. Uh, And so what does being confident in the Lord mean as it relates to this topic?
1: Oh, I love this question, but I also think it's a little bit more complicated than one or the other. I think there can and should be a healthy balance of both humility and holy confidence. The Bible references being humble 80 times from Genesis all the way to first Peter. So I think there's something to be said about being humble. It's when our humility is false humility and it comes from being worried about what other people think that it starts to get weird. What I love about balancing being humble with holy confidence is that when you see the two working together, it's actually pretty undeniable and remarkable sight to see. When a person for our conversation, though, a woman walks in holy confidence and humility, she walks tall, strong, sure. She knows who she is. She knows more importantly, she knows whose she is. And she knows what she brings to the table. And while she is not arrogant and bragging about it, she is in the ready position for whatever comes her way. Woo!
0: You better <laughs> preach, girl. That is so
1: good. So good. I love
0: that. And, you know, I think that uh, if, you know, over the years of, of just working this out, even in my own life, I, I just want to circle back to to something that you said, that we can be confident, a holy confidence in, in our position in Christ, the identity that he's given to us, who we belong to and be humble that it's not Mm. this or that it's a, and, you know, it's, it's an and. And so I know, I know for me, how I kind of marry those two things is, you know, when, when Jesus said in Uh, The gospel of John, John 15, where he says, abide in me, Mm -hmm. you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. And then, you know, in Philippians, I I believe it's 413, where it says, I can do all things through Christ. And so there's like a marrying for me, you know, that, okay, so I know that I can do what he's called me to do, Mm -hmm. but it's abiding and through him there's, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's a
1: confidence there. What do you think about that? I feel like there's a dependence and an interdependence that are, that's happening. There's that independence of, of some, some part of self and the gifts and stuff that he gave you, but there's an interdependence because none of this works unless you are grafted into the family. So you can have all of this and yeah, you can do some things on your own, but it's never going to be the same as if it is I'm talking with my hands. Like you guys can't see me, but basically I'm putting my fingers together. Like your hand your hand and then your left hand they come together so when you're grafted in with him and you're you're walking humility and holy confidence you're you're kind of your fingers are together and so your your gifts and everything are are stronger and healthier and more vibrant because you're grafted in with him so it's not you're doing this all on your own you're working in tandem with him so independent but interdependent at the same time
0: yeah that is so good what a great explanation and a visual, you know, for the visual listeners, (laughs) it just, it it helps us to be able to begin wrapping our minds around what this looks like in our lives. Mm. How have you seen clothing, your gifts and leadership skills in humility, hold you
1: back? Mm. Mm. Going right to the jugular. here. (laughs) Um, I think as a woman in ministry, I've seen this far more often than I would really care to admit in my own life and in the women that I lead and coach. And it's such a delicate balance. And when it's off, even just a bit, it can swing or off track. So for me personally, I can think of quite a few times where I didn't speak up where I didn't stand up for myself or to lead. And even early on in my ministry career, under, under the misunderstanding that somehow, somewhere, I would be, quote unquote, found and called up to do big things for God. And I laugh a little bit at that because I don't wanna manufacture things that I wanna do that aren't what God wants me to do, but to sit back, working my tail off, waiting to be noticed, for my incredible gifts was kind of a silly season for me. Honestly, it just led me to workaholism, perfectionism in my work, because I thought if it was just perfect, then they would finally notice and ask me to do whatever the big thing was at that time and place. Ooh. Okay. So we're just going to pause
0: right there. There was so much in that. But I want to circle back to um, you saying, you know, just that perfectionism. I mean, Mm -hmm. I really think I I know for myself, and I would venture to say that um, many of our listeners can resonate with that, that, Mm. you know, if I just really can conquer this one thing, then I'll be noticed and I'll have opportunity and invitations. And,
1: mm. and so
0: when we think about perfectionism, how does that hold us back? I mean, just that one area of, of just trying to nail this and be perfect in this area.
1: This is a very hard thing to kind of get in grasp because it, honestly, a couple of years ago, I finally, I don't feel like I conquered it because I, I know that um, when I'm in stress or whatever, I tend to, uh, but what I had to do is, I, I think it's Michael Hyatt or something like that. And he, he says this thing, like, you have to learn to ship in beta. And so basically what that says is if you're waiting for everything to be perfect, you're never going to finish because everything is always evolving and changing and getting better and being tweaked. And so if you're sitting there waiting to write that book until everything's perfect, or you're sitting there waiting to get up and put yourself out there as a speaker till everything's perfect, well, guess what? It's never gonna be perfect. So you're better off to just step out in beta and tweak and, and fix then, then to keep driving for perfection, because the perfection is actually going to hold you back from getting what you're supposed to be doing.
0: Mm, yeah, come on. That's good. I, I think that, you know, when it comes to just, you know, facing that obstacle of wanting everything to be perfect, that's where that holy confidence comes in that, you know, here's what, I'm bringing, you know, Mm -hmm. that I can do in the natural and believing that God will apply his super to my natural and supernaturally things will take shape in our lives and we'll be able to uh, accomplish the things that God has placed us on the earth to do. Like, for example, writing a book, I mean, you know, will, will I ever be the, the perfect author and No, I mean, I just won't. But at some point, you have to just be willing to take some steps. So I I love that you said that, because I think that perfectionism is, is just a huge obstacle for a lot of people, a lot of people that that was really good. How did you begin to grow in your
1: confidence? Mm. This was actually a lot of intentionality. It didn't, it didn't, and it doesn't just happen. I think, uh, there's a quote somewhere that says we don't actually get where we're going. Just, it doesn't just happen. We drift. So we may chart a course, but if we're not intentional about that course, we're going to drift. That might've been Michael Hyatt also, but he's a leadership expert and I really respect and admire all his stuff. So it's not going to just happen on its own, I guess, is my point. And so, um, for me, I began to grow in my confidence when I stopped worrying about what other people thought about me, my gifts, my leadership, my title, whatever me things I had at the time and who they said I was because for a long time, I really carried the mantle of what other people said about me and really started to learn, as I said earlier, into whose I was. And, and so honestly, that was some, that was some deep heart work. Uh, that was excavating the the years and years of junk and expectations that were put on me as a as a pastor as a pastor's wife as somebody in ministry whatever it was it's just you know life accumulates all that junk on you and so it was rooting out all of that stuff and so when I shifted my focus on growing my relationship with Christ and rooting my identity in Him then I was able to see hear feel the truth you know the truth will set you free of why I was even here on this planet it was intentional. It was work, it took time, it took money. But on this side of that digging and discovery, I can walk the line of humility and holy confidence. Do I always get it right? Not a chance. I'm, I'm way more aware and settled in my spirit than ever before. But some, for, for me, some specific examples of things, as um, I did, I stopped, I, I led Bible studies for 15 years, women's Bible studies twice a week, and I was doing them online and all that, and I just stopped for a season, and I went to Bible study. I didn't lead, I didn't serve, I didn't do anything, I just sat under the leadership of, of a good, solid Bible teacher. Um, then I started developing a, a, a very defined rhythm of quiet time, you know, making it a priority, not just something that I check off on my box every day, but really making it the first thing that I do in the morning. Counseling, a lot of counseling, a lot of care, a lot of growth, a lot of getting real with myself of why I was dealing with perfectionism and worrying about other people's opinions. Coaching, I've had some amazing life coaches uh, over the year. I also did a a two-day life planning, getaway retreat kind of it was very intensive. It was extremely painful. I say that in the best possible way, but it, incredibly helpful because when I walked away, I knew uh, here's why I, I exist. And this is what I'm supposed to do. And so it, it helps me at this point kind of filter in what I do and don't do under what did God uniquely create me to do? And then lots of journaling. So I didn't want to leave you hanging with some big, great idea without giving some practical ideas on on how to start that work.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that you did that because I think that, you know, often when we tune into, um, you know, a podcast episode or we read a book or whatever it is that we're trying to learn from, it's those practical ways of being beginning to put one foot in front of the other and take steps toward this. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important, especially as leaders, that when we're encouraging people to begin to change a mindset or, you know, do some self introspection and deal with, you know, what's going on in our hearts, it's, it's also important to give those practical tips. Like this is how you begin to do that. And I, Mm -hmm. I want to really emphasize that you use the word um, for sure a couple of times, maybe even three intentionality. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: how do you feel like being intentional? uh, How do you feel like that, that is just such a a key part of, of just walking in that holy confidence because it doesn't
1: just happen, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't just land in our laps. No, no, it, it doesn't. Because if honest, if it was just up to us and we weren't being intentional, we'd probably barely get, up at a decent time be lucky to get a shower maybe get some clothes on forget about makeup and we'd watch netflix all day it's just if we didn't have a a plan and so for me part of that is i I make goals for the year things that i want to accomplish And, and some of them are those big hairy audacious scary goals uh, and then some of them are just regular like rhythm type things of, of walking more or drinking more water or, or taking care of my body more. And so the intentionality comes in in, in saying, where do I want to go this next year? Where do I feel like God's leading me? And then what do I got to do to get there? And so for me, that's every week I do a few of my, my week, what worked, what didn't work. Did I accomplish? I have three big goals every week. I use the Michael high. I know I said this like three times already. Michael high, full focus planner. I'm not an affiliate. It's just, you know, when something works for you, it's just, I'm a pen and paper girl. I know a lot of people are digital. I like a a a planner a calendar and and so i have a book and so every week i go through my my schedule i go through my calendar i go through all the things what do i want to accomplish that's working towards my big hairy audacious goal so my big 12 for the year and then each week i do three things that keep me going towards my big goals so every week i'm i'm looking and then i do a quarter review and look at it that i know that sounds crazy hear me i'm an enneagram seven i like to have fun i am very spur of the moment all of this sounds totally random and obscure coming from my mouth but i married a one and he is a reformer and a perfectionist and he likes systems and structure and so i guess after 28 years i've picked up a few habits plus i really believe part of knowing what your strengths are is knowing what your weaknesses are. And so part of my weaknesses is, is I can lose details. So I have to do over and above to cover the details because of myself and my tendencies, um, I will lose them. So if I don't have a plan and don't write it down, I'm just going to be like, Oh, squirrel, let's go over there. And that really doesn't do anything for the ministry that God has called me to. It's fun but we're not accomplishing anything and there's just too much work to be done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's good. So first of all, um, listeners, can you see why, uh, you would benefit from having this, this wonderful woman be your life coach. She's going to get you unstuck. (laughs) She's amazing. Check her out. Um, but you know, before I move on here, I just want to say one other thing and and hear your thoughts about intentionality. One more angle of this, that I think that it's so important to not wait for our feelings to be the motivator, Mm. Um, you know, our feelings to, um, you know, kind of show up and say, you know, now is a good time to do this. But I feel like sometimes, you know, you know, if we, if we sit around and we wait for those feelings, we could be waiting a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where that intentionality is. You know what? I don't feel like getting dressed and showing up today. And I don't feel like going through the goals that I have, you know, Netflix does sound a little bit more appealing to me. Right. And so just speak really quick
1: about not waiting for your feelings to be your motivator. All right. So I love that you were talking about feelings because Lise least Turkhurst has an amazing quote on this. It was in one of her studies years ago. I don't remember which one, but it basically says this, our feelings are indicators, not dictators. Boom. Sit on that one for a minute. They're indicators of things that are going on inside you, but they don't dictate what you do. And I, that must've been like six, seven years ago. I heard that in one of her studies. And I was like, girl, I got lots of feelings. <laughs> I'm, I'm a girl. I'm a seven. I'm all over the place. I can feel every, and I'm it's a little more seasoned now. So I can feel it all within a five minute period. And I finally had to say, it's, it's not up to that. And I, I did hear another podcast the other day and it was talking about women and their cycles and the, the importance of knowing your cycle. I know this is not what we're talking about, but your cycle affects your emotional well being and how getting in tune with the four weeks of your cycle and riding the wave of, okay, this week I feel strong and confident. So I'm going to do this. And then this week I'm a little more fearful and hesitant. So I'm going to be more reflective and study and do things like that. And and I heard this podcast, it must've been like three or four weeks ago. And I was just like, that's brilliant. Listening, listening to your body, but not letting your body take control, but getting in sync with your body and saying, okay, so this week I'm in this phase or whatever. I don't remember all the terminology, but so, I know I don't feel great and I know I don't have a lot of energy. So maybe it's not the best time for me to record a rah, rah, go Jesus podcast or, you know, webinar or something like that. But it's a really good time for me to do some, some office stuff or some study stuff or some background stuff. So I think there's a lot to be said by not letting your your emotions and your feelings dictate what you do and accomplish. But I also think there's something to be said for getting in tune with a, a woman's regular cycle and work that rhythm for your benefit instead of letting it run over you.
0: Yeah. I think that awareness, awareness of what's going on is, uh, is so powerful. It it isn't, I think that it's empowering to just be aware. And, and I, again, just marrying that this is how I'm, how I'm feeling. This is what's going on in my headspace. This is, you know, and, and yet, Okay. So, but not letting that do the leading, what can I do today? Mm. And, Mm. and so I I just really feel like awareness is just being aware of who's doing the leading here Um, that, you know, our feelings uh, aren't the leader. We are, we're the leader here, but there's this, like you said, this space of being aware of this is how I'm feeling and not to you know, condemn ourselves because this yes. is, you know, the real world here. <laughs> I mean, here we are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but what can I do today? I love that. That yes. is so good. Yes. Um, so why is it important for women to face this obstacle, albeit difficult?
1: Mm. I think if there's one thing you hear from me today is is this, we need you. The world needs you. The place work needs you, the people you live with need you. We all need you to step into this and do the work needed to walk the line of humility and holy confidence. You were created for a purpose at this very specific moment in time in history to make a difference. And here's the thing if you don't, that's okay. God will call someone else to get his work done. Think of Esther, the conversation she had with Mordecai, but you will miss out on the blessing and the honor of being a part of God's work here on earth. And that my friend is a pretty high honor and a gift. Can you just imagine how the world would be different if every single woman listening today embraced and faced this obstacle? I mean, can you? and i I'd love to encourage you, yes, every one of you listeners, to take stock of that when you start to worry if it really matters because it really does.
0: Yeah, come on. i I think that it too, you know when you when you think about um, listeners, when you think about, um, you know, what gifts God has given to you. Uh, it might look differently than what I'm doing or what Melissa is doing, but it doesn't mean that it's any less significant. It doesn't mean that it's any mm. less impactful in the world. You know, it's we're all at level playing ground here at the foot of the cross. Mm. And we are called the body of Christ. And each of us has a role, each of us has a place. And, you know, Melissa saying, um, you know, if you don't, God will find someone else. And man, I, I just really think that uh, that God would want you to be awakened to what He has called you to do, and to understand that what you bring to the table uh, has value, it has merit, and it's needed. It's significant. It's impactful. And man, if I think that I speak for Melissa, that we are just wanting to encourage you with the heart of the father for you Mm. that to not walk away and leave these things at the table. Don't leave Mm. them sitting there. So anything that you want to share about that, because I think that that is so important right there, especially with, you know, just with the use of, of social media nowadays, it can seem like, you know, what she's doing is, is far greater, has more significance. You know, I, I don't have, a, you know, as much of a platform or as many followers as she does or whatever. Can you speak
1: into that really quick? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, women, we got to stop. We got to stop comparing ourselves with other people um, because comparison is, I think they say the, the thief of joy and, and you're just, you're minimizing when you're looking at somebody else's gifts, you're essentially saying to the father, you didn't make me good enough. Why didn't you make me like her? Why did you do this? Or why can't I do that? And and again, I'd also just re- remind you that you're looking at somebody's highlight reel and not necessarily the ins and outs of their everyday ordinary life. Um, and so, you know, just remember most people don't showcase the, uh, the, 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 bad, the, the messy, the ugly, they're just showing you the good stuff and, and not that, that it's intentionally to say, Ooh, look at me. It's just, you know, that's their lane and that's what they're doing. And so it's kind of like a, in a horse race, they put the blinders on the horses. The horses don't need to know what the other horses are doing. They just need to focus on themselves. And, and what is your race? And then when you can just lean in on your race, the, the gifts and skills, and if he's giving you one person to lead, a family to lead, 10 people in a Bible study, or thousands of people like the people you see on your Instagram feed, it doesn't matter. Are you faithful and obedient to the what he's giving you right now? Because he's not going to give you more. Until you're faithful and obedient, like the the story of the uh, servants and the talents and well done, my good faith, you know, whether it's 10, five or two, what are you doing with it?
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, it's it's okay to admire someone else that you maybe are in a relationship, a friend, um, you know, that maybe is up close in your life, or maybe someone that you admire from afar. Um, But man, um, don't get into the age old trap of comparing yourself Mm. with her. Those are two different things. Admire someone, celebrate them, cheer for them, support them. Um, But don't, don't take the bait of that age Mm. trap of of comparison because it does steal from us. It does, it robs us of just, you know, what God has Placed us on the earth to do so good. Mm -hmm. So that's just a really great segue into my next question. You know, I'm thinking about women that are listening today who feel skeptical that she has any gifts or is wondering how she can uh, maybe discover them. Speak to that woman today.
1: Mm, I would love to speak to this, and I'm going to park here for a minute. So pardon me if I get on a soapbox. But here's the thing if you are a believer in Christ, then you have been given a gift everyone has at least one some have more and some as they develop and mature in their faith will be given more your spiritual gift is uniquely and specifically given to you your gift will not be like my gift and it will not look like Susan's gift or your friend's gift or the person you're watching on Instagram and that's actually great news um and I'll tell you a little while in a bit, but the best place to go, I, I have some scripture verses that I want to just reference the best places to go about this is right to the word. Cause I can tell you this, but the, the truth is the truth. And so let's go to the word and two places in the Bible. I'd love to just read to get a better understanding. And that's Romans 12, three through eight. And it says for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And then there's also 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, where it says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all to everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So this is where it gets really important to take some time to to ask God to show you. And there's some great spiritual gifts tests online. Most of them are free and they can help you zero in on, on the gifts that God has given you. It's also a great idea to talk to a trusted pastor, leader, friend, and ask them what they see in you. We like to call that the I see in you, you know, like the things that you don't see in yourself, but you can say to somebody else, man, you're really good at this. And they're like, no, everybody's good at that. And you're like, no, everybody's actually not really good at that. You are really good at that. And because sometimes it's hard to discern what we're naturally good at and what God has supernaturally given us as a gift. So be patient with the process. It'll be worth the wait to get a clear picture of your gifts.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is so good. So good. It's so rich right there that, you know, really you do have something. God is Mm -hmm. giving you something. And what a great illustration, just taking it from the word of God, you went through and and listed all of these various gifts, and they're all different. Uh, And so, I I mean, and yet they're all important. They're all given Mm -hmm. by the same God, they all have a place. And, you know, I think that I think that sometimes, uh, you know, for example, people that maybe feel like, I don't know, I someday I want to write a book, but I feel like there's, there's so many other people that have already written about this topic can I just encourage you that that may be true, but it hasn't been written through your voice. You haven't lent your voice and your experience on that particular topic. So if you feel like you have a book in you, girl, start writing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) start writing. And I love that that you encouraged listeners to seek out trusted people, to help speak into your life. You know if you're mm-hmm. if you're wanting to begin to understand, why am I here on the earth? You know, what are my gifts? I, I want to believe that I have something that God has given me something. I'm not really sure it could be this man, reach out to somebody and, and just allow them to speak into your life. And I think that I, I would speak for Melissa and together we would say to you, you have potential lying Mm -hmm. on the inside of you. We are calling that out in you. You have potential and, and really, It's, you know, if you can take our voice out of it, that's God. God Mm -hmm. is saying that to you. That's his heart. He is speaking that over you today, that you are carrying Mm -hmm. potential right now at this Mm. very moment, at this very moment. so what would you say to the woman listening today who feels like this obstacle just keeps tripping her up you know the I'm thinking about the woman that you know so much of this is resonating with her maybe she has tried to take steps forward in this and yet she just feels like maybe she's on a hamster wheel you know she just hmm. keeps going around and around and wow can you just speak to her today
1: Yeah for the woman who feels like this obstacle keeps tripping her up. Here's the first thing that came to mind. There's a verse in Hebrews 12 where it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so in- easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And specifically that's Hebrews 12, one specifically the, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so in- easily entangles. Sweet friend. Please hear this. It's time to throw off that stuff and step into the holy confidence that God has uniquely called and qualified you for such a time as this. We desperately need you in this race.
0: Yeah. So I love that you uh, quoted that scripture out of Hebrews, because when I was listening to you, my mind immediately went to, as you were sharing, that we are to take off you know, mm-hmm. remove anything. And then it's interesting that in that same book, uh, I believe it's Hebrews uh, 1035, where it says, therefore, do not cast off mm. your confidence for it has mm. reward. And so here we see, here we see in just one book of the Bible, um, just a matter of, you know, a couple of chapters apart, the author, and, and really God himself saying, there's a putting off, and there's a mm. thing on, mm. and so um, man, I, I just feel like we can really become aware of what is leading here. You know, mm-hmm. is there is there something holding me back? Is there something that, as Melissa quoted out of out of Hebrews, is there something that I need to cast off? and then put on uh, Mm -hmm. here. So, and, and, you know, God would show you that. And I just want to encourage you that if he shows you something, if he reveals something to you, it's not to condemn you or point his finger at you or to make you feel embarrassed or um, to make you feel ashamed of anything. He wants to set you free from that. That's Mm -hmm. hard for you. Mm -hmm. And he knows that he knows that, you know, in this life, in this world, we, you know, we, sometimes we get tripped up. And so he, wants to set you free from those things. And so invite him into that awareness piece um, as you're working this out in your life. You know, I, I'm also thinking about, you know, when, we, when we're when we talking about clothing, our gifts and what God has called us to do with humility, I, I think that sometimes it's hard to discern, am I being prideful? Am I clothing this in humility, which is um, causing me to shrink back? Um, how, how do we discern that? Because I think that that's so important. And especially when we talk about clothing these things in humility, oftentimes we do it because we don't want to sound like or appear as though we think we're all that in a bag of chips. So this mm-hmm. is, this is safer. This is what I should do. And so mm. speak into that.
1: Mm, yeah, for the woman who is wrestling with questions over motives. Basically, that's what you're saying is our motives. Is this, is this prideful? Is it, is it false humility? What's going on? Ah, I get it. I totally get it. This has actually been more of a struggle for me in the past than I actually even care to admit. But here's the truth. The fact that you are wrestling with it tells me that you care. You care enough about what you're doing with the gifts that he's giving you that you even take note of your own motives. As someone that can and has in the past manufactured opportunities that were not mine or not mine yet, this is very important to wrestle through. So, here are a few tips to check your motives. For me, do not respond or reply immediately. Give it 24 hours and truly pray, not just say you're going to pray, but truly pray and seek the Lord. And even if the answer is the same as it would have been when you immediately would have given your answer, you're giving the spirit time to connect and get your will in line with what God wants, not what you want. Um, Another thing that has been very helpful for me when when I check my motives, and it kind of goes back to, we talked a little bit about the comparing, is elevating others as much as you want to elevate yourself and probably more so um you might be the most qualified person to do whatever needs to be done but it's also good to be a woman that champion champions and celebrates other women and other leaders there's plenty of room for all of us to be strong, confident, gifted, and successful. Trust me, this will check your motives really quick. And if you start to sniff out some jealousy or insecurity in yourself, give it back to God all the while purposefully celebrating the other woman. It's tough. I get it. That's for sure. But it actually starts to do a work in your heart and it gets your motives in check in the right place. Quick.
0: Yeah, that is good. I love those, love those tips. And, I think that, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I I want to invite you to speak into this. But, you know, I think that when we we go to God with this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm trying to wrestle out Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: saying just something so simple, God, would you speak into this? Mm-hmm. God I bring my heart I bring my motives you said that you you know my heart you know mm-hmm. man uh, looks at the outward appearance but you said that you know my heart so would you speak into this place right here mm-hmm. and would you would you confirm this decision in me is this of you who is doing the leading here mm-hmm. and and so is that is that really what you're saying there's inviting God into that decision making
1: Oh, yeah. For me, I will pray a lot. Cleanse me with hiss of make me white as snow, like because I want my motives to always remain pure. And, and honestly, it's taken a lot of time and a lot. I think a lot of it is maturity and, and getting more confident in myself and, and just what I bring to the table. But also just I think for a long time there was this scarcity mentality of there's just not enough room for all these women. You know and so i think there was a a little bit of a a mind shift but also a lot of heart shift with god to basically say no not my will but yours not my will but yours cleanse me with his hyssop make me white as snow you know check my motives i mean he talks about the heart in the bible so much and so just making sure that the heart is in line with his and it kind of goes back, we talked a little bit about emotions even. And so not letting my emotions and myself take the lead, but kind of sitting back and, and letting the spirit drive the momentum or the direction. That's probably a better analogy.
0: Yeah, that is good. And your first tip that you that you shared about, you know, not feeling like you have to respond right away. There is so much wisdom in that. And I think that adopting that into our decision-making can bring a lot of freedom to, Mm. to our lives because I think that sometimes we, we feel this pressure, like I need to respond right now, but there is nothing wrong with, with saying, can I get back to you on Friday? I'm going to spend some time to think about it and pray about it. There's nothing wrong with that that is a really healthy boundary that you yes. have that will always uh, serve you and God's plan for you really well. And so, you know, maybe it's a like giving yourself permission to begin adopting that into your decision-making to not feel pressured, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, communicate with the person inviting you to do something and just say, you know, I, can I take a week? Can I take a couple of days? There's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that. That is actually um, some great leadership skills right there. Mm. So good. So good. And so how does the piece of uh, just real quick, how does the piece of inviting those trusted people into that decision-making help in that area?
1: Mm, That's really good. This is, you've got to have people that that know you, love you, believe in you, and truly have your best interests at heart. These are not yes people. Yes, Susan, you're amazing. Yes, anything you say is gold, you know. They're great to have in your life, and yes, we all like to be cheered on and stuff like that. But you really need people in your life that are going to speak the hard truth, that that love you and care about you enough that are going to um, check your motives and, and call you out on some things. And you know, for me, that's my husband. That's uh, my mother-in-law is really, really good at that. She's been a spiritual mentor to me for for many, many years. And then I have a, a couple of really good. Close, solid friends that I've been friends with for like 15 years that I can say, "Hey, I'm really struggling with this, or I feel this. I want to do this, but I don't feel released to do this, but I really want to do it." And they are uh, the people that can can have that hard truth talk in my life, um, and also can say, you know, "Hey, you know, what about this? Or you know, you seem to be doing this, but you say you want to do this, so." I think it's good having those people. Those are the people that are in your life enough that they can say, "I see in you." There's also people, and you know, this can happen because God can use anything. I mean, he used a donkey, um, so He can use anybody. But <laughs> there is that; <laughs> it's in the Bible. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the, I'm telling you, the Bible's so good. Um, but there's also people that can just meet you. And, and get a, a sense of who you are, maybe that's one of their gifts is discernment or something like that. So there's also people as you kind of get to know each other, uh, while we haven't known each other a long time, there's things I know about you inherently just in the time that we've known each other that I can say, Susan, you're really good at this. Have you ever thought about this or You know, so I think the, I see in you doesn't even have to be the, the 20 year relationship or the person that you live with. It can also be just somebody that really is in tune with the spirit that can, you know, that God can use as a conduit to, to, to speak to you.
0: Yeah, that is good. That is really good there. Uh, it's, I would even say, you know, that person in our lives or persons, uh, that would speak you know, hard truth to us, truth and love, truth mm-hmm. that we need to hear, um, you know, you're receiving that from someone that you know, has your best interest, and they love you, and they care enough about you,
1: yeah. to,
0: to challenge a mindset that you might be in, to challenge you to see another perspective, or, uh, you know, whatever the case might be, uh, but you know them, and you know that their heart is for you, that they're not yeah. trying to you know, condemn you or anything like that. They just are wanting to speak into your life You trust them. And so I, I just think that that's so important. We were never created to do life alone. Mm. Uh, we, we were created for community. And, um, you know, I, I've learned something uh, just really kind of in a different way, in a much deeper way, I would say over the last probably few months, uh, six to nine months that You know, sometimes I think that we hear find your tribe and love them well. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing wrong with the quote. I mean, I have it printed out on fun little paper and a fun little font and in a fun little frame here in my office. So there's nothing wrong with the quote, but I think that sometimes we, we kind of just box in that word tribe and Mm -hmm. we think that it's like a multiple amount of people You know, that that's a tribe that we need to have all of these people around us when really a tribe, I mean, it could be three people, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus had three people that were, you know, Peter, James, and John that seemed to be Mm -hmm. a little bit closer. And I just really feel like he modeled that really well for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just want to encourage anyone listening today that maybe you feel like, I don't know that I really have a tribe around me, you know, like that. That's okay. That's okay. You know, it's it's just maybe three people, two people, spouse if you're married, or you know, a, a close friend that just again knows your heart, knows what God has called you to, and can mm. speak into that place. Thank you mm. so much, Melissa, for everything that you have just spoken uh, over us today. Your investment, um, not only in my life but all the listeners, has uh, just been so great to have you on the show is there any uh anything else any final words that you feel like you want to pass along
1: to our listeners well i love that they- that you mentioned this, the, the tribe and the, and the community and not being alone because actually I'm doing a message for She Leads Church. It's an online conference. It's totally free. Um, but my whole message is on creating a rhythm of connection and why it's so important to our health and our life in our ministry. And so I, I think there is a lot to be said for that. I, I also love the, the Jesus and the three. You know, he had 12 that he kind of traveled with and the three and then the one that was close closer than a brother. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And just would encourage you to continue to dig in on this. I know we covered a lot of ground today. um, But just again, if there's anything that you hear is we need you, we need you to step up and step out into the gifts that he's given you and and make a difference. And, And like I tell people all the time, do it afraid. We're all afraid. We're all afraid. Um, none of us are, are doing this like as confidently. Yes, we have a holy confidence in what we, the gifts that we've been given, but we're, we're stepping out in faith afraid, just like, just like you. And so don't think that Susan or myself, or these people you're looking on Instagram, have it all figured out. We're all doing it afraid. So just take the step uh, and be obedient and use the gifts he's given you.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to someone that you admire in how God is using her, because um, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and say that um, she's probably learned a few things Mm -hmm. and grown in some in some different ways. And so, you know, reach out to her and do a zoom or, you know, go out for coffee or whatever the thing is, you know, for you in your area of the world, but um, you know, just invite her to, you know, speak into your life, glean things from people and, Uh, I know that I even have some mentors from afar that don't even know I exist on the planet, but I have learned and gleaned from them and their leadership. So uh, you, you matter, your life matters. And like Melissa has said, and we've said throughout this time together, you are needed. You Mm -hmm. are needed. God is all powerful and all knowing and certainly if he can keep the earth rotating on its axis and put the stars in the sky and tell them to stay and they stay, he can do anything that he wants. He could do it solo. He could do it all by himself, but he's extended an invitation to you and to me to join him in what he wants to do uh, on the earth. So mm. accept the invitation, step into it and be what God has called you to be. In the world. All right. So, thank you so much for uh, joining us. We were so glad that you that you tuned in, and uh, just know that you are fully seen, that you are fully known, that you are fully heard, uh, right now at this very moment. And God uh, could not love you any more than He loves you right now mm. at this very moment. He would never change his mind about you. So um, there's a lot of changes in our world right now, but his thoughts about you, about your life and about your future will never, ever change. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: um, connect with uh, Melissa on the socials. I'll be dropping um, those links in the show notes and how you can tap into her coaching services. You'll definitely want to check that out, but uh, stay well, stay healthy. And I will catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them, and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.